Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Do you think you have to do something terrifying in order to make a big career change? Are you bored because you're settling for the opportunities that come to you? And what would it be like if you knew how to create your own opportunities? Mike Kelly is the founder of Member Vault and he's also a coaching client of mine. Today, he's gonna discuss his path from the nine to five job to starting his own company while traveling the country with his wife and son. Before we jump into this interview, I want to point out that over the past year, my guest, Mike Kelly, was a member of my authority coaching group. This is a small group. There's only six guys in it from various locations on the planet. We meet three times per month via video call. Each week, we drill into what really matters and then clarify what's going to get done. We then create agreements and hold one another accountable to follow through. If this sounds like something that would benefit you, then visit thenewmanpodcast.com and look for a red banner that will tell you what to do next. Let's jump into the interview. Welcome to The New Man. Today, we're talking with Mike Kelly. He's the founder of Member Vault, and you can learn more about Member Vault by visiting membervault.co. He's also a coaching client. He's one of the guys that I talk to every week in the, in the coaching groups that I lead uh, virtually. So, Mike, welcome. Thanks for talking today. Thank you, Trip. Uh, I'm looking at you right now. You, you, the listeners can't see you, but you're you're out in the woods. It looks a little uh, like you're. You, you said you got a 300 foot Douglas fir behind you. Is that what that is? Yeah, and and you since you're looking at my screen bigger, you'll let me know if a bear's coming up, right? I'll let you know if a bear's coming. Maybe okay. I don't know. It might be. It might be right. <laughs> it might be a better interview if the bear gets closer. So right, you 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 could cut this uh, video <laughs> and you'll be a YouTube viral sensation. Okay. I'm gonna let, right. I'm gonna err on that one. I'm not gonna err on your safety. I'm okay. gonna err for <laughs> views. That's that's what's more important. Um, you, we, you, you do you trip. Okay, we've known each other for a while. You, you, we've yeah. been working together. I've been your coach for a while. Um, I, you've you just got this interesting story. I want to go kind of like bullet point style. You've been sure. a software developer for years. You've worked with big companies and had fancy accounts and all that kind of stuff. Is that right? Yeah, that's okay. correct. And then you you went out on your own as a freelancer and 
you, you and your wife started a family off in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, and then this past year, you and your wife and your young son decided to pack everything up and live in an RV and and travel and work around the country. It sounds like the most practical thing to do <laughs> with a young oh, baby. Abso- absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, you decided to launch your new company, Member Vault. Which sounds kind of nuts. I got to say, it sounds a little nuts. But I don't. It wasn't even part of the. I don't know if it was really part of the plan when we started talking over a year or so ago. It just. It's. It's. I don't. Maybe it was part of the plan. I just wasn't aware of it at the time. But. Um. But you, you show up on our group coaching calls every week, and I get to see your progress and how all of this is unfolding, one step at a time, and it's inspiring. So today, I just want to dive in. I want to learn more about this journey that you're on. I want to see how you've designed this life with your wife, and I also want to just kind of give the listener a glimpse on how you do these things. Cause there's a lot of people out there with it that would like to do something unconventional and just start to think outside of the box and, and realize that, Hey, you know, with some planning and some, some elbow grease, you can make it happen. So that's where I want to go with you today. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, Hey, it sounds crazy when uh, I hear it back <laughs> when we do the flyover, I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell am I thinking? So, <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is that like, you know, you're like, Oh, was that in the plan? Um, None of this was in the plan until right before we did it. <laughs> Which part? Like the, I, the baby, the the packing everything up and living in an RV? The, the, the... All of it. I grew up I grew up in South Jersey near Philadelphia, and it was crazy for me to even apply for a job up in New York City, which is what I did. Why and was I it got, crazy? It was crazy because I was I was underqualified for the job, hands down. I applied on like a wing and a prayer and you I should lie not on have your, gotten, what did you just bullshit yourself on the on the no I was actually pretty honest but I mean I just I showed <laughs> pretty up pretty honest pretty honest yeah 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 okay what is is lying through a mission no <laughs> no I did I I showed up completely honestly uh and I, I you know I was green out of college I had had a little bit of experience in the real world um but I mean I was but I was super passionate and I think they must have saw that and so I showed up for that interview you know, up in New York, I had kind of a crappy pro, you know, portfolio and, uh, I showed up for the interview and it went well, but I didn't think I was going to get it still. Cause you know, they're looking for higher caliber people. Now this agency was working, their clients were like MTV, Dr. Pepper, all these kind of big names. And you were and, so uh, green and you came in and you think you were thinking, I need to have this experience, but is, is it that you just had this enthusiasm and this desire to learn? That's what got you in the door. Yeah, I get, it must have been. And that's, you know, so they called me back for the second interview and I was like, holy shit, this is, <laughs> this is, I didn't even think I was going to get this far. Uh, and then, yeah. And they said, and, and they were, they were honest. They were like, listen, we know you're not really qualified and it's going to be a little hard going for a little bit, but if you're willing to put in the work, we're willing to invest, uh, that into you. And yeah. And then, you know, that started kind of the big chapter <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of, of what was next. Well, I just like that part because that could be a place where the guy listening is at a, at a fork in the road and he's telling himself, I can't go for what I really want because I don't have enough X, Y, Z. I don't know this or I don't have that. And instead, a lot of times we just got to, the, the thing is just to show up and knock on the door. Let's see, let that other person tell us no instead of rejecting ourselves first. I like, I like that because um, I don't know how many times we played this in the group, right? It was like, let's go make bold requests. Let's go try things. And we're often surprised that people say yes to things that we're like, we're just telling ourselves for sure we're going to get a no. And then people say yes to most of the time. So, um, you've been practicing this for a while. 
And if you get a no, it's the same result as if you didn't ask, right? right? Like I, I applied to go to MIT as well. I did not get in because <laughs> I didn't get uh, 1600 on my SATs, but I still applied, right? So it was no big deal when I got the rejection letter. I was like, oh, well, I kind of knew that, but you never know. Yeah. I didn't know the SATs went up to 1600. How far up I don't they... think they do. Okay. I think you need to like, if you're an MIT student, you have figured out a way to get more <laughs> points than are possible. That's what I think. I feel better now because I was like, wow, I did not do well on my SAT. Okay. <laughs> right. You're like, I bombed that thing. All right. So we'll kind of fast forward. You've been in, the, in right, that, yeah. you were in that world for a while and then you, you became your own guy, right? You, you became a freelancer. Yeah. What was that for you? That so, Even that would be a big step for, for most folks to just become a freelancer. So what was that for you? Yeah, well, I was at that job in in New York City. I was working with big accounts, and I was, but I was a programmer, right? I was just a, I was just a, a, a yes man. You know what I mean? I was a company man. It was just like, hey, Mike, do these things. But what really inspired me, what really made me excited, was I want to have that conversation with the clients. I want to help architect this thing and then build it, right? I don't mm -hmm. want to just get. So I was getting kind of frustrated with. Um, kind of being the last guy at the end of the line, just being handed a packet and saying, here, do it. You know, I was like, well, why are we doing it like this? We could do it better if we do it like this. And, you know, the response was, well, we've already decided all this stuff, so just do it. And so you, so, you didn't like being this guy that, that essentially didn't have a say in it. And you actually wanted to have a relationship with the, with the person or the company that you were creating things for. That was part of the thing that would be enjoyable for you. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to, I wanted that investment in the, in the process as well. You know, I didn't want to just build widgets all day and have no connection with it. Like I really wanted to understand what I was building. Uh, and I wanted to just, you know, have that connection with it. And so was that, did you just like, like, how did you, how did you go about leaving the company and going on your own? Cause I imagine that's pretty scary. Like, okay, I'm going to starve now. Yeah. Now. So, so what I did, um, is I took a job that was less, you know, I took a less glamorous job on the New Jersey side of the river, which nobody does. Um, <laughs> cause that's, I was living on the Jersey side. So I, I took a job that was closer to home that would cut my commute down and that had very kind of flexible and reasonable hours. And the reason I did that is so I could build my own business on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, I started taking freelance clients. So like, you know, little mom and pop shops or friends and families and, Hey, I need to build a website. Um, and so I started kind of taking jobs on the side and it got to the point where I got to that tipping point where I was like, well, I can't take any more freelance clients because I have my nine to five, but I'm technically not making enough with freelance to support myself fully. And so here is one of those forks in the road, right? Where I was like, Oh shit, what do I do? And what'd you and do? And so well, I, I put my note, I figured I'm just going to choose that path and I'll figure it out. Uh, choose the path of, you know, taking free. I know that's where I want to, I know that's the direction I want to go. So I, um, put in my notice and I said, Hey, listen, you know, I'm, I, I'm starting my own company. I was like, but I'd like to offer you, um, you know, to be one of my clients. So it was kind of a ballsy, uh, yeah. nerve wracking move to do saying I quit, but you can become my client if you want. And, uh, and they took it. And so we negotiated a, a rate and, you know, of course they were just going to take my, uh, salary and like divide it by how many days. And I was like, no, because I'm paying for my own healthcare now. And there's, all <laughs> oh, good so for you. I, I just renegotiated the, the whole relationship. Uh, and oddly enough, the relationship got better after that because, we kind of saw each other as, you know, 
uh, peers, colleagues. Yeah. Professional. Yeah. I, yeah. It wasn't just a guy. So, um, so that really worked out. So they were basically my biggest client. And then I was able to take other clients on the side and kind of grow my business. Well, I just want to back up because again, where guys can get stuck is this all or nothing thing. Like, Oh, well I have to, I have to jump ship and then I'll drown before I can get started. You found a way to, to navigate both scenarios. And then even when it came time to really cut the cord, you didn't cut the cord. You just found another way to to transform the relationship and build on what was already there. I think so many of us are just like, I have to burn the, I have to burn whatever I've done up to this point. They don't see a way to, to integrate it, to bring it on board. And, and I think it's a huge mistake where we just don't see that there's a possibility to transform what we're in already. We just, it's just so easy to be like, well, you know, I got to burn it to the ground kind of thing. So and and right. I and what I like in there is it was a ballsy conversation. There was a there was a gutsy conversation. That's usually the thing that gets in the way, uh, or that's that's the thing that's that we've got to go through to get whatever we want is that ballsy conversation. And um, that's it. Like it's not so much like I have to go take more courses and all this other stuff. Like that helps, but it's really our ability to have these gutsy, ballsy conversations where we say what we want and we give the the other person an opportunity to speak up for what they want. Yeah, you can order off the menu. You don't have, or you can order something that's not on the menu. You can talk to the chef, right? Like, right? <laughs> right. You could, you could uh, make your own burrito at Chipotle, like whatever. Like you don't know unless you know you you ask. And I think that's you know, yeah, we all think like, well, that's not an option. I can't quit and then make them my client. And and there was a good. I had fears too. I I had a fear like, yeah, they're gonna say, oh, you quit. That's it. Then you're out. And and then I'm and now I'm like, shit. Now I got to figure out how to make up that gap. Okay. But I just knew I was, I would be able to do it. You know, yeah. if I went back to putting tires on cars or you know, whatever, like I would, we'd figure it out. I think that's the big thing in your mindset that I really like. And I see in folks that are doing well is that they've got this thing. Like I can take a punch. I can fall down. I know what it's like to fall down. If, if you're not willing to fall down or you're not willing to take a punch, it's terrifying. We don't see that ourselves as able to get back up or able to find the next opportunity. And, and I just see, I see guys that do really well for themselves. They've been in a career for 20 years and they're making great money, but they're fragile. They don't believe that they can take a punch and they get, they get weak and their, their ability to find other opportunities gets limited because they don't have that mentality of I'll figure it out. They tell themselves if I fall, then the whole thing falls apart and I'm screwed. Um, right. Which is uh, terrible mindset to have. It's, it's extremely limiting. All right. So let's there's, fast forward. There's I think always I, options. <laughs> there's always options. So you did that for a while. And I think I met you, uh, you, you were firmly in this freelance world. And, and that's where I think that you started, we started our conversations that there was like, okay, there's something next for me that you were kind of getting burned out on the types of work that you were doing. You wanted to expand from there. Right. Is that right? So you kind of gone through another cycle of, okay, I'm doing this, but now there's, there's a next thing. There's a next, uh, you know, st- phase that I want to go through. Right. In New York, I was like, Hey, I really want to be involved in the whole process and I want my own clients and blah, blah, blah. And, and I got all that. Right. So fast forward a couple of years, I, I mean, I'm nailing it and I'm getting, you know, six figure years, uh, on my own and, uh, I have pretty big clients and everything. Um, but I was just building stuff for other people. So it was like, Hey Mike, here, build this thing, build it and then ship it, you know? And then I have no relationship with it from then on. And then like, Hey Mike, build this, ship it. And you know, I was just doing that for clients all over the place and having clients is better than having a boss, but it's still, you know, you're still, you're still limited 
you know, somewhat to uh, your creativity is still limited. Did you beat yourself up? Because sometimes we can beat ourselves up like I should just be happy with what I got. I should just shut up and not complain versus I recognize there's a desire here. I'm, I'm, I want to I want to continue to grow. Did you, did you ever go through that place where you're like, just shut up. Don't don't you know, just be happy with what you got kind of thing. Oh, God. Yeah. I thought there was something wrong with me. I was like, oh, man, what is wrong? Like I I moved across the country, you know, with my wife. Uh, I own my own business like. I have enough money to buy kind of, you know, the things I want and not rich, but I'm not uh, struggling. I'm not eating ramen noodle or anything. Um, I get to work from home. Uh, you know, what's what's wrong with me? Why? Why am I unhappy right now? Like, why do I? There's just this gut feeling that there's something like, ah, I just I want more. Yeah. I, I, I find that in the people that I work with and even in my own life. And, and it can be this thing like, just shut up be happy with what you've got. And I think we can appreciate what we've got, but then also listen, what's the information here? We don't have to be the hungry ghost that's always chasing something and it's never enough. There's a, there's a shadow side to that, but then there's also just a recognition like I'm on a growth path. I'm not done. You know, I'm here to continue to grow and continue to learn and try new things and develop in that way. So uh, yeah, do we have the guts to listen to that and honor it and, and, you know, not be impulsive, but at the same time, uh, be grateful for what we've got. And yeah, I want to grow. I want to see what this next thing is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. And so is that when we started working together? Is that when you, you joined the group or? Yeah, I think that's when we met. And I remember having a conversation and I was pacing, pacing around in my garage and was talking to you and I was kind of laying this all out, you know, just brain dumping on you. And you're like, and I was just kind of unhappy with my work and my clients and, uh, and you were like, well, are you reaching out and finding the clients that you want? And I was like, well, no, I just work through, uh, you know, recommendations and stuff like that. Like people find me and he goes, well, then how the hell do you expect to get <laughs> the clients that you want? And it was just a, kind of an aha moment. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, instead of just let, taking the stuff that came to me and that's pretty much what I got into the cycle of doing, of just saying, Hey, a job came in my email inbox. I'm going to take it because you know, it's a $5,000 job. Uh, I know I can do it. It'll be easy and voila. And so that I would gotten to that, that rut of doing just that. Well, it was safe too. just, just taking whatever comes along instead of I go create the work that I want. I go knock on the doors and talk to the people and, and kind of rattle the cage and, and create the opportunities that I want. Is that what it was? Yeah, it became the energy of that uh, nine to five person, you know, who's just going and collecting a paycheck. And I wasn't really inspired by the work anymore. Um, and I was just I was just going and, you know, doing the jobs and that was it. And so but I wasn't again, I wasn't fired up about what I was doing anymore. And I think that's really deep down. That's what was really killing me. OK. And so what happened after that conversation? Oh, man. Well, you know, the the, the path is definitely windy. So I, I thought what I wanted was, uh, and, and around this time, my wife got pregnant and with our first. And so now it was like, a, oh, well, now I really can't. I was thinking about going to bike welding school. I was thinking about, you know, like throwing the whole table up on its head and saying like, fine, maybe I don't even, maybe I don't even want to work in technology anymore. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's the problem. Maybe I'm sick of tech. Um, but yeah, my wife got pregnant and I was like, okay, well, this is not the time to go to bike welding school. <laughs> like, you know, we got, we got a kid on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought maybe what I wanted was to work with a team, right. Is to work 
uh, at a company again. It's like, oh, I've learned a lot over the past eight, nine years or whatever. Maybe I can go back into that world with what I know now and it'll be a better deal. Okay. And I kind of painted the picture of exactly the company I wanted to work for, you know, small boutique company doing, you know, high end work. Um, and after a ridiculous amount of pitching, networking, LinkedIning, is that a word? LinkedIning? It is now. It is now. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> linking, uh, I found the perfect company. But you were the one initiating, right? You went from being yeah. the, you, you were waiting for them to contact you. You're waiting for the world to kind of figure out what you wanted to bring it to your, your inbox. And then you start, yeah. you take the initiative and you start reaching out to the, and finding the opportunities that you want. Okay. Yeah. I took over the controls of the Etch-A-Sketch and I was like, here we go. Like, <laughs> this is what I want to do now. Nice. And so, uh, and so it was cool. It was cool. And, you know, I found the kind of the perfect company. Um, and you know, I, I work with them for a couple months and, uh, I just realized that it was a mistake. And how so? Like, how did you know? How did you know it was a mistake? I, I cause I'm uh, glad you went down that road. You never know. Right. You know, so you I just like, know. yeah. And, and, and talk about feeling defeated, you know, talk about like when you question yourself, you're like, oh my God, this is on paper. This is exactly what I said I wanted. Like mm. why on earth, you know, they flew me across the country to go to a tech conference. And I, I was always like, oh, I want to work for a company that will fly me to a tech conference. And, and they did. And, uh, and they were a small company and they were working with boutique, you know, like high end small firms and stuff like that. And just didn't. Again, it didn't inspire me. I, I found, I found myself dreading the nine to five. I did. I, and I did not like going back to the workforce, worrying okay. about vacation days and worrying about, you know, being there nine to five. And I still worked remotely, but it was still, I was still on the clock. Okay. Uh, I still didn't have a say over what I was creating. What was the, what was the, the attraction? Was it like, I want to work with the cool kids and was it more of an ego thing or was it, were you attracted to this idea that it would be more stable for you? Um, what was the attraction there? Stability was definitely part of it. Uh, mm -hmm. I do think that there was a cool kid part of it as well. Um, I, I ran my own podcast for, uh, about a year called the grumpy developer. And I interviewed people from all over the tech, you know, industry. Uh, and I think I was jealous. I was like, Oh, these guys are like big names in the, in the field. And, uh, I, I, I want to be, I want to be flying under some banner that's like, high out there because right, right now I'm just alone. I'm just a lone wolf out there just kind of hammering out jobs for other people. And nobody even knows that I did it. <laughs> Got I'm it. just, I'm just, you know, doing stuff for other people. And so I do think that there was a little bit of ego in there. Uh, the stability was definitely part of it as well. Like, Hey, I'll just, I'll collect a paycheck. Everything will be good. I won't dread tax season anymore. You know, like there was, there was things I thought that would be a, a, a positive thing. Well, I like that you went down the road and checked it out. I remember, I remember the conversations we had around that time and I, and it being a question mark and, and I'm just like, let's go turn over the stones. Let's go see. And then you have that satisfaction. Yeah. You know, if we're going to live 80, a hundred years, what's, what's a, a few months to go and, and try these things out so that you don't, you're not always looking over your shoulder wondering, um, I, I like that you went in there. I know that it looks back. I let you look back now on it and be like, maybe it was a waste of time, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see it that way. Do you? No, it wasn't a waste of time. Not at all. Um, I'm actually really thankful that I did it as well. I mean, yes, it did not end up working out, but there's still a bunch. Of, I learned so much 
and it made me get out of my own way too. Like, I, I feel like there's lessons that like you always kind of learn from something, like whether it be a relationship or a job or something like that, where even if it doesn't work out, you can still look back and be like, like, what did I learn from that? And I know I realized that I had a huge ego and it was all about me. And like, I, I got personally, we talked about this a lot where I would become personally, <laughs> I would become personally offended if someone like asked me to like do something a different way. I'm like, mm. Oh, you don't like the way I did it. And, um, I was really high strung and, uh, but taking this job, working for someone else and being again, back in that position, that's very humbling, uh, was actually good. <laughs> because it made me, it made me kind of step out of my own way and be like, all right, it's not about me. It's about the work. And you know, am I going to be, am I going to be a whiny kid about this? Or am I going to like step up and say, all right, I'm here. Yeah. Like, let me, let me do my job. <laughs> yeah. That's such a, that's such a big deal. And I see where people, you got to think about what happens in our life. If we're, if we're putting that kind of pressure on our job, our career to kind of fill some hole for us. Yeah. Um, where we're no longer asking what's going to be the best thing for the work or the best thing for the client. Like, how am I serving this person? It, it, and it just becomes about me. Um, right. That's a, that's a really dangerous place because, yeah, we're not serving anymore. It's just about me. It's just about I'm here to, to do my thing and I don't really care about you other than you giving me a paycheck kind of thing. And I, I, I think it's, uh, I remember in my 20s running my, you know, video production company and I would get so pissed off. People would come in and want to do revisions on things that I'd done for them. They were paying me to do revisions. And I was like, Oh, this is so stupid. You don't get it. And like, I just, you know, for me, I needed the work to be a certain way. It was about me. And, you know, I needed to go find another outlet for my creativity so that the work that I was doing for them wasn't personal. And, um, right. Yeah. That, I think it's a great lesson. Like go, go have an outlet for yourself so that you're you getting your rocks off isn't that that big of a deal here uh yeah can you put yourself in it but not be attached to it um if you're serving other people right and it was i think it was uncomfortable for me too because i had gone what eight nine years being being the lone wolf like i didn't work with any other developers for the most part like mm. i was it i was the tech guy it was like me and the client so the client would say hey i want x y and z and then i figured out how to do it nobody was working alongside or over me saying, try it a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no one ever spoke, you know, talked back to me basically. Yeah. And so it was, uh, working for a company where I was working with other developers that were, I was under them. Okay. Like <laughs> yeah. it was very, it was very uncomfortable for me. And yeah. I think that was good because it, it did, it kicked my ass. And uh, I mean, it was exhausting. <laughs> well, I also think it gave you some good information about where you you know, the, the next phase, because you came out of that and then you kind of went back into just doing your freelance stuff, but so you were, there was something a little, you were hiding something. What were you doing? So tell us about that. Yeah. So I had a little pet project on the side and here's what I realized, right? You're talking about having a create uh, an outlet for your creativity. Um, at this point, our son was born. So you know what it's like to have uh, an infant around. Um, my wife also, uh, works, uh, from home. She has her own business working with clients, uh, mostly in the kind of the social media online business realm, but she has her own clients. And so we were kind of balancing the whole work thing, uh, and, uh, you know, balancing the work thing and the kid thing. And so mm -hmm. we were both freelancing, we were both, you know, juggling, uh, juggling the kid and everything and trying to figure it out. And, um, but yeah, there was that one point where I was like, I, I, where I decided this wasn't, this wasn't working for me. 
But I found myself working on this pet project on the side whenever I clocked out of my day job. Like whenever I clocked out of working at this job and I had like 30 more minutes, I would log in. And so for about a year, I was building this membership, this course membership platform. Which is what? And like, who, who uses that? Who, who, who was it teachers or what, are they, what is that? Well, anyone who has an online course, right? Whether it be an online course or online membership site, uh, you know, anything where you're delivering a knowledge product, right? Okay. So this is a, is a huge sector right now. There's so many, uh, if I wanted to teach a course on how to write code or something like that, you know, okay. uh, you don't have to write a book anymore. You can, you can host the course and you can sell that course and you can have different levels and you could, you know, do all this thing. And, right. um, but you need a platform to build that on. Okay. And there are some existing platforms out there, but they just, they were missing stuff for me. And I was like, ah. Because you were a teacher or because you were a user, you were a, a student on these platforms? Like, how did you, I'm just curious how you came up with this idea. Sure. I was a student, but I also, you know, I also, and again, a, a lot of credit to, to my wife as well, because uh, her client that she was working with was a teacher. And so, and, you know, so there was a lot of influences uh, in, in, in making this and saying like, okay, well, great. So, we don't like this platform because of X, Y, and Z. We don't like this platform because of X, Y, and Z. And so like, okay, what are these platforms missing? You right. know, or, or what do they have that we don't need? What mm -hmm. are we overpaying for? And there's, you know, things like that. And so you kind of come up with your own recipe. And we had built this originally uh, for one of my wife's clients. And, but we, you know, we built it at a really low price and we kept the, the you know, the, the IP, the, the rights to keep developing it. So, mm -hmm. You know, she she had like the very first beta of it. Basically, <laughs> it was just a custom piece of software for her. Right. Uh, and then over the year, we just kept incrementing on it. We kept getting that feedback, and users would say, "Hmm, oh, I like this, but what about this?" And teachers would come back and say, "Hmm, what about this?" And then we added a couple more users, you know, a couple more teachers to it, and so it started to evolve into this thing where people were coming to us asking for it. They're saying, "What is this platform? I don't recognize this." Like. It's really nice. And so were you still in hiding at this time? First off, I want to just, uh, this, this mindset, right, of, hey, what's, what's working, what's not working, what are we overpaying? Like, just instead of just complaining and being like, these platforms suck, like recognizing, oh, here's the opportunity. What's the thing I'd be excited to pay for? A lot of us just don't, we don't work on that. We're good at complaining and good at bitching and moaning, but we're not, yeah. we don't see that, hey, this is a way to turn this, to, to, to create something out of this. So I want to highlight that. But then- were you still in hiding around this? Was it still like you called it a pet project? I mean, did you still kind oh, of stuff in it in the back? I was in, I was in total hiding. I mean, we gave it a name. Why, Why were you hiding? Oh man, trip. I don't know. I mean, in, in now looking back on it, I think I was hiding because I was scared. I was scared. Well, I was scared, right? That's, that's but what that's, I was scared of putting it out in there, there in the world. And having people like I, I had like these kind of vivid visions of like, you know, taking this seriously and putting like all my force behind it and pushing it out into the stage. And then people being like, eh, that other platform is still better, you know, uh, and then nobody signing up or buying it. And now I've just put all my energy into this thing and attached myself to this thing. That's just a big failure. Well, it's interesting, like, 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 like that would be it, right? Like, I'm a failure, <laughs> this thing's a failure, oh, oh, this thing's a failure, therefore I'm a failure, there's that personal piece again, 
Yeah. And then uh, it doesn't seem like in that mindset that you could respond and just use that feedback to make something better. It's just like, oh, that was it. That was my one shot. I'm done. <laughs> I go back to, you know, you know, doing laundry and cleaning the dishes. So, right. So it so that's the small mindset, right? And and, yeah. and when we're in hiding, that small mindset is usually the one that's running the show. There, it's, it doesn't make sense. Like when still we start to talk about it, in out in the open. So at some point in, in the coaching call, you brought it up. I, I'm trying to remember when that was. Like, yeah, yeah, I forget. I mean, I had I had quit the you know the the other job that I thought was going to be the you know the the grand you know, the grand thing, and I was still doing some freelance on the side. Um, you know, just kind of patching it together. I was in rebuilding mode. And I think in one of the coaching calls, I, I had talked about, cause we were starting to build some momentum mm-hmm. with it, but it was still very hidden. It was still only like three people using this. There was only like three clients using this software, but I was getting excited because I enjoyed working on it. I enjoyed people. This is how I knew it was the right thing because I enjoyed people telling me what was wrong with it. Uh, ah. thing saying like, Hey, you know, uh, is there a way I can do this? Like, I can't seem to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, and then I'd go back and I built the whole thing from scratch. So I was able to be like, oh, okay, that's a good point. I never thought about that. And so I would go and fix it or engineer a way around it and say, all right, perfect. Now I would push a release out there and then everyone would get it and gobble it up. And so instead of getting defensive, like, oh, how could you, my baby's perfect. Yeah, uh, I only want to use it. I only want pre- people that think my thing is perfect. You, you were like, oh, cool. This is a, I, this, this is great feedback. I can make it even better now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it became it became really exciting. Where I was like, and now I had this. Yeah, I had this baby, but I got to like increment it, and I got to build it up slowly, and I got to like, you know, like every time I touched it, it got better. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I shared it on the group you know, on the coaching call, and then. <laughs> You were like, wait, time out. Like, what? What is this thing? <laughs> and here I was sitting on this kind of big idea, but I was still, I was still locked in the basement. Like, there's still only a couple people that knew about it. Because you were afraid to waste time. You were afraid to fail. But yeah. you had a, you had a, you had a minimal viable product here. You already, you already were, you were already doing it, but you were still. It was like you were in the closet about it. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I was, I was totally hiding out. What happened whenever we, we kind of shine the light on you and. And the fact that you were actually developing your own product. I mean, it was, it was flat. It was inspiring, but it was also, uh, terrifying as well. And, you know, the thought of putting both feet in that canoe, you know, instead of having like, instead of straddling, like saying, okay, Hey, this is something that you enjoy working on. It's, it's definitely got legs, right? It's people are already using it and liking it. Like, why on earth wouldn't you open it up and, take this thing for real and see where it can go. Hmm. Um, and it just, I was just scared. I was scared to do that. I was scared that it wasn't going to be enough or I was scared that, uh, you know, five people would get on and then it would break down or, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, just, I was just scared. I was scared of the, you know, the, of the work it might take. Um, it's pretty easy to build stuff for other people. Uh, yeah. and then, you know, you're just like the guy behind the scenes and you just snap it together and push it out the door. Yeah. Um, well, that, I think that's it. Like that, that comes up for us. Even the thing that we feel really called to do and it's natural for us to do, like you said, like in your spare time, you would do it and you enjoy it. It doesn't mean that it's all going to be green lights. That, yeah. and, and I think a lot of us are looking for all the green lights as an indicator that this is where I should go and this is what I should do. And, and instead, 
it's usually the thing we're really freaking scared to do. Um, yeah. It's just like when we talk about like, oh, you do this, put it out in the out in the world. Like, oh god, <laughs> you know, they throw up or whatever. It's just yeah. like, but that's it. Like that. There's that that step. You know, Joseph Campbell says, you know, if you're walking the path and it's it's somebody else's path, we we enter the darkest, deepest, darkest part of the woods. So, um, yeah, it's not romantic and beautiful and easy. Uh, we will find that part in us where we're going to resist it. And so I, I I love how you illustrated that. Like it just showed up in that way, even though you had this calling, like it was just, there was a flow state for you to there to, to create this thing. But that doesn't mean that it was going to naturally happen. It, you were going to find your edge there and you did. Oh my God. And, you know, and taking it seriously, when we, when I finally did put, you know, both feet in and put all my force behind it, um, I made, I remember I, there was this kind of pivotal moment again, where I had a freelance job, like a $10,000 job, which is, I would have gobbled that up back in the day. And I was so iffy about taking it. I was like half, I was half invested in it. But then I was like, if I take this, I know it's going to take time away from member vault. And I just, I don't want to do that. Even though that's a sure thing, money member vault is not, Hmm. I found myself at that fork in the road again. And you know, and I, but I, I turned down that job and that was a big moment for me internally to say, I just said no to a $10,000 freelance job that I, that I knew was a sure thing. Mm-hmm. And I could use $10,000. There's no doubt. Right. Sure. <laughs> but I still said no to it. Cause it just didn't feel right. I was like, no, I want to, I want to put my force behind this. And I mean, just to, just the truth talk for a minute, it's not like it got instantly better with member vault, right? Like putting it out there in the world. Uh, I, I got on calls like free calls where I would, you know, pretty much favor calls. You know, I, mm-hmm. I called in a bunch of favors, uh, to talk to uh, professionals in the field of online education and bounced ideas back off and had them check it out. And it was brutal. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was brutal. I got told, I got told, mm, yeah, I guess it's okay. You know, like, or this is what you were afraid of. This is exactly what I was afraid of. Right into it. Mm -hmm. Here I am on calls with people saying like, "Uh, yeah, I I guess, but why would anyone use, you know, like they didn't say that exactly, but they said that. Yeah. Um, And just like a long and getting an email back with like a laundry list of things that uh, are wrong with it or that it's missing. And I was like, oh God, what did I do? (laughs) Well, that's what it is. You could collapse to that stuff and make it personal and. I'm a failure and all this kind of stuff or, you know, or approach the world. Like I'm, I'm here to only be adored or mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go into the place. Like what's necessary for this thing to thrive. I'm going to go talk to the best people. I'm going to get feedback from them. I'm going to go create the product that would be a killer for them. So, um, I just love how you, you kept stepping into it. That was, that's where we challenged you. And that's where you went. You took that initiative and you just went in there, went into the places you were scared to go and you've just gotten stronger and stronger as a result, you didn't get, you didn't come to the calls like, Hey, how can I hide out better? How can I protect <laughs> myself better? It was right. always about where, where's the, where's the thing that's going to make this better and where can I just get out of the way? Yeah. And the support was so, so essential, you know, because it was, um, again, th- and there's still to this day, right? Like we're on an upward path and, um, we're past that beginning stage now. Like we're, we are being taken seriously. We are seeing, uh, a huge uh, influx of use of users, and um, 
we have these positive feedback loops and everything's going really good right now. And there's still days where I'm like, I should just delete the whole thing. (laughs) Like, yeah, I I should just throw in the towel because, uh, you know, it's like getting to that next level is going to be that much harder. Well, there was another there was another phase that you went through where you were the guy that we were like, oh, I'm just the guy writing the code. Yeah. And then I was like, that's bullshit. You're the guy that's so passionate about it that it's infectious. You lo- you're fun. You're funny. You're the guy yeah. with the story. Like, I don't even use this software, but I, like, I don't, it's not part of my world, but I'm just like, I just love hearing you talk about it for some reason. Like, I, you, there's an infectious thing about it. And it was another thing. I'm like, no, you go talk about this. Don't hide behind somebody else. Nobody's going to talk about it as, be- as well as you can. That was another edge for you to be the, to be the, the face for this thing. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So that was another thing is I, you know, I, I just wanted to be the engineer. Like I'll be the guy building more safety. The, right. Yeah. I'll, I'll be Wozniak. I'm not jobs. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna build the, build the thing in the garage, but somebody else go out and sell it. Cause that's not my strong suit. Right. I remember you showing up with that bullshit too. Yeah. And yeah. And that's exactly what you call it. You call it bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And, and sure enough though. And I was like, but that was my edge, right? That was my next edge was like, how do I, how do I go out there and put my face and name on it and say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm representing this, you know, this software, this company, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, here I am and let's talk about this. And I was huge. And so, I mean, I've been in a, uh, I'm in the middle of a swing of 30 days of Facebook live interviews where I've reached out to people who scare the crap out of me, uh, to come on and talk on my Facebook live show about online courses and, uh, engagement and stuff like that. And, uh, it's again, there's terrifying, it's terrifying, Yeah. but, um, uh, but slowly but surely it's getting easier and better. And I keep finding that edge and keep asking the person that's gonna, you know, might say no. And yeah. I have gotten no's, right? Like there's been people who are like, uh, yeah, talk to my assistant. Maybe I'll get you in, in October. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I just want to come back to this idea of terrifying. It's come up and it, and it, we can, we all buy into this idea. There's, there's a part of us that if we're unconscious, we really think that we're in danger and we're not like we're really not. It's our ego that's up for, you know, being disappointed or taken down a notch or whatever. But I, I just find it's far more powerful when, when I'm in that place and I feel that quote, terrifying thing to remind myself, this isn't life threatening. This isn't a firefighter heading up a burning up into a burning building. This isn't a police officer officer responding to, you know, shots fired thing. There are people yeah. out there that are risking their lives every day, really risking their lives. This shit we're talking about here, it's not. We're, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's not, it's not that big deal. And I'm not, to, not, not here to diminish that. I'm saying that to here to empower us. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. I will live. I will be okay. I might get my feelings hurt for a few minutes, but I'm going to be just fine. And I just yeah. find it far more empowering to remember that. Um, that the terror, it's just not real. It's not real in the sense like I'm going to actually die, even though my brain wants to believe that. Yeah. I, and I do think there's a, a, just this week, right? So my in-laws are in town, you know, we just traveled and, and, and they're in town and we were out at breakfast and breakfast was taking longer than normal. And you know, yada, yada. Why well, had a Facebook live interview with the biggest name that I had to date coming up? And there was no way I was going to make it back in time. Uh, you know, for this. And I'm, I'm just, I'm freaking out, but there's a voice in my head. It's like, maybe this is good. Maybe this is your way out of this. Cause I was scared to do this. Mm. I was scared to do this. A little sabotage. 
Oh yeah, that it would have been such an easy out. Like, oh, you know, I just I got caught up. I'm sorry. Like, you know, maybe we can reschedule. But I knew I would never do it. Um, but we figured out between us, right? There was a laptop I could borrow. I could tether the internet connection to my phone, and I, you know, and I just left breakfast early. So I left breakfast early. I sat on the docks in Olympia, Washington, with the sailboats behind me and the, you know, the uh, the Olympic Mountains, and I tethered the internet connection to my phone logged into my Facebook live and I did the interview made it work. and I made it work. And again, there was before getting set up for that. I was like, Oh my God, I had that. I had that. I'm going to die feeling mm -hmm. like this is, this isn't how I planned it. This isn't okay. And, um, but I, I kicked my ass enough to say, just get, this is not a big deal. The worst case scenario is it doesn't work or you totally look like an asshole during the interview, which is totally possible, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but so what? I just love that. I can I can make <laughs> excuses or I can do whatever it takes. Like there really is that split. And I think a lot of us just we hang around so many people that are like we the culture is about making excuses. Yeah. And there's very few of us that are like, no, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. And are we surrounding ourselves with people that have that mindset? Like, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. And when you surround yourself with those types of people, like you it's it's a lot harder to make excuses. It's a lot harder to bullshit ourselves. Um, we just do whatever it takes and you get it done. And, and you've really been a guy in the group that's really raised the level. It's hard to make excuses. It's hard to, to, to buy into our fears when you're showing up every week and doing these, you know, with these types of examples of how you're stepping it up. And, uh, I, I thank you for that. It's been inspiring. Thanks. It's hard work, but it's, it's always worth it. You know, I just find it. I don't know. I think it's, I don't, I don't know if it's any easier to make excuses and then live with ourselves. That, that nagging, like, fuck, I could have, I know I could have done something. I, to me, that's hard. I'd, I'd much rather go swing and miss. Yeah, I think my mantra throughout my, and again, I, I, I married a crazy woman. Uh, and I mean that in the, I mean that, well, you know what that's like, don't you? I, I, I've listened to you and Allison talk on the podcast. I don't know if she's, like, cr she's crazy. What, what do you mean no. by that? Uh, passionate, passionate. Okay. <laughs> Fired up. Okay. Um, no. And I, again, like I said, I mean this in the most loving way possible. Oh so, yeah. You know, fucked now, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've stepped in it now. No, uh, you know, like she moved around her whole life, you know what I mean? So she lived in, uh, in Washington and then we met in New York city and then we lived down in, we had a 20 acre farm cause you know, we wanted to try, try our hand at farming. We didn't even get into that. Mm -hmm. And then we, we made our way out to Washington, uh, and then we decided to stop renting our house and go full-time in an RV so we can, you know, kind of see hell, the country man. stuff like that. I know it's, it, it, it's batshit, but she's, she's infected me with this wanderlust as well. Yeah. And, and I think our mantra through it all is like, like no regrets. Cause I, the feeling of regret is far worse than getting, I think, I think the feeling of regret is far worse than getting into something and being like, well, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'd rather go see, like you, like you said, like, let me go see if I'm going to work for this hotshot agency. Let me go see. Like, that's my thing. Like, let's see. I'd rather yeah. see and find out and get on the other side of it and move forward than always wonder. I just, that wondering or that regret, like you said, that just, that, that's the thing that I, that doesn't work for me. So yeah, I, it, I, I like that you're doing the RV thing because my wife and I planned to do that and then we got pregnant, but you guys waited until you had a kid and then you got in the RV. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so is again, that's one of those ideas that was always on the back burner. We were always like, yeah, maybe we can do the RV thing. You know, like that's so such a, 
you know, such a, a hot thing to do right now too. I know that you know, if you spend any time on Pinterest or Instagram, you know, you see these young, good looking couples like sipping their coffee with a mountain behind them. And they're like, Oh, just living the- life. So easy. I, I grew up thinking living in a trailer wasn't that red hot. Like that was, but now it's, <laughs> it's come around. Oh no. The trailers now are, are sexy. They got all <laughs> kinds of things in them. So, but it's about where it's parked, you know? And, uh, but it is, it's an adjustment too. How much um, do you guys run into swingers? And like, I just, I just imagine <laughs> that I just, when I see these trailers, I just figure like, oh, those are all swinger colonies. Like, is that uh, true? Maybe that was a movie I saw when I was 14 or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think hot, every time I see a hot tub, I think of swingers. Okay. You know, I don't know so much about trailers, but, uh. but hot tubs, any, if there's a hot tub somewhere, I'm always like, if I see a bunch of trailers parked near a pond or a lake i'm like oh there's a yeah it's going down there's interesting some, maybe it's maybe it's just yeah. a, email me <laughs> that's true <laughs> right 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 is there is there a hidden desire is this could be maybe we're working on some deep stuff i can feel some some tears coming on now and some a slight <laughs> erection <laughs> well oh. i just ruined your interview but um all right my man well where do we find out more if if you know, somebody's interested in, in using uh, member vault, you know, where do we go? What do we got? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the main thing is, uh, you go to membervault.co, and that kind of gives you kind of the gist. There's a lot of, um, course platforms out there, but yours is better. Well, clearly, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better for what you want, right? If, if you want the quick, get your course up in five minutes thing, I'll send you the link to teachable or you know, Kajabi or one of those other things, they'll get you up in five minutes and you have a payment and that's it. Member Vault isn't that, right? Member Vault is for the person that's serious uh, about running their course and getting those numbers that matter and keeping their students engaged so they complete the courses. Most of our clients have already had courses uh, or they're coming onto it for the first time, but they're, they're serious. They don't want to just okay. kick something out the door. You're not trying to go for the widest end of the funnel. You know who the people are that you want to work with. These are these are the professionals. These aren't the dabblers. Um, yeah. You've been building software for the for those serious people. The, the like I said, the professionals for years, and so that you're building a tool for them instead of I got to have everybody. This is a tool for everybody. You know who you're working with, and uh, you're building something that's very high quality. It's almost bespoke in that that way that they can come in and. and create it in such a way that it fits just for them and their business. And, um, I, I just appreciate that. I think that trying to, t- trying to appeal to everybody is a recipe for disaster. That's my personal opinion. So we ran into that as well when we first started doing it, uh, okay. you know, casting the, the net too wide, it was a mistake. Awesome. Uh, Mike Kelly, member Thanks so much, buddy. Thank you, Trip. If these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.